0: Hello and welcome to the Hairdresser Strong Show. I'm your host Robert Hughes. Today I'm here with Daniel Mason Jones, salon owner, motivational speaker, and educator from Atlanta, Georgia. Daniel, will you introduce yourself to those of us, those uh, listeners and viewers who don't uh, aren't familiar with you?
1: Of course. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm definitely excited. Um, I'm Daniel Mason Jones. Been a hairstylist. It's going on 21 years, which I cannot believe. Um, Time is flying in this industry, but I've been a hairstylist, a salon owner here in Atlanta, Georgia. We have a very, very successful salon, uh, only because the people that are inside the building. I'm so lucky. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that today, Um, but the people that you surround yourself with. So I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia. I uh, became an educator 16 years ago, and uh, that has been an amazing ride as well, just getting to meet people all across the world, and uh, I'm so in love with our industry. In fact, I fall in love with
0: it more and more every day. Okay, great. Um, so why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about, like, you know, I, I'm curious to know, how'd you get into, how'd you get into hair? Like, uh, what's your story? Like, how'd you, um, you know, where'd you start, and like, what tell us a little bit about your journey.
1: So people always crack up a little bit when I tell where I started. So I actually went to college to be a funeral director and embalmer. And I was working, I had served my internship in South Carolina, where I'm from. And uh, I went on to Georgia or I came to Georgia to do my another internship for the state of Georgia and complete my college here. So um, during that process, I was embalming, I was repairing bodies. and. I was kind of forced into a situation one day where I had to do the hair and makeup. And I realized that I actually had a natural born talent. That was something I'd never even thought of. So really, um, the hair industry kind of fell in my
0: lap. Nice. Okay, cool. So you went from uh, doing hair at a, at a funeral home. And then did you go to school or did you do an apprenticeship? Or
1: I did an apprenticeship. So... Um, at the time that I was in funeral college, there wasn't a whole lot of money. <laughs> so, um, I didn't know that you could do a, an apprenticeship in the hair industry. Luckily uh, there was an ad in the paper back in the day when people read newspapers, uh, there was a classified ad and it was for an apprenticeship to become a hairstylist. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. So I called, went in interviewed, they hired me on the spot, which was amazing. And, um, it, I never look back. You know, the energy inside of a hair salon is something that if it's in your blood, you just know it. And I knew the first day that I had to be
0: in that for the rest of my life. Nice. Awesome. So you did an apprenticeship program. Uh, how long was that? 55 years. No. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: it seemed like it took forever. You know, um, it was very unorganized. In fact, the the lady that I apprenticed under, she's amazing. She just, I think I was probably her first apprentice. so I don't think there was a lot of structure there. And it took a long time. So I basically completed my apprenticeship, but the paperwork was never turned in. So I got to do that again. So I have, I have a PhD in apprenticeship. Oh,
0: no way. <laughs> oh, so how long are we talking about?
1: Um, I definitely feel like it was around three and a half years and mm-hmm. so but it was you know what I have no regrets and I think when you're building a foundation of anything whether it's a home a career a, a relationship you really need to put all of your hardest efforts in that foundational learning and you know you probably couldn't have told me that then because I was just a kid still but now I know and I'm grateful for for it taking that long because it, it built me to who I am today.
0: That's good. So um, I like that message. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, apprenticing. Um, I mean, I spent three years uh, working in a salon, you know, working all the different functions before I got to do hair behind the chair. I mean, other than models and stuff like that, you know, like a paying client customer, you know? Um, Cool. So, so you did your uh, three and a half years and uh, did you start working at the salon that where you were doing your training? Yeah. Um, my, the lady that I
1: was apprenticing under, we, she actually changed jobs or salons because she had children and the salon was about an hour away from her house. So I went where she went, which was nice because it was a more affluent area that we went into. And she explained that to me. Of course, I I had no idea what she was talking about, but she was like, there's a, a higher disposable income where we're headed. And I'm like, great. So I just went along for the ride with her. And so now I've been in that area for a long time, uh again twenty one years, and I'm grateful to be where we are. We've actually started our own business there and um uh, it's great.
0: Okay, cool. Um so when uh did you know that you wanted to open your own salon? How did that how did that come into play? How
1: did that happen? I didn't know that I wanted to open my own salon. Okay. <laughs> um it was never a dream. It, there were the salon that we went to work at, they, they decided they were going to close and not tell anyone. So I think that happens more common, more commonly than, than not. And, um, I was cutting the landlord of the shopping center's hair. It was this big, beautiful shopping center and salon where we were. And he came in, he was like, so what are you going to do when the salon closes? And I was like, we're never going to close. And he goes, you are. He was like, "I'm the landlord. Remember, they haven't renewed their lease." And I'm like, "Oh, no! They would. They would totally tell us. They didn't tell us." <laughs> oh no! And so I cut his hair again, and he the same message rang pretty true. And and so I went into panic mode. Now I grew up extremely humble, not a lot of money, and I never wanted to go back to that. Uh, that was just a huge fear of mine. And I was like, "Well." If this salon closes and i lose all of my income i'm going to go back to that so i do believe that you have to have some control in your career Um, and so i left and there was a salon across the street that had been coming they would come and get blow dries with me and of course at the time i didn't know i was young and naive i was working in a salon at that time for 37 percent commission and the salon across the street was willing to give me fifty five percent commission and oh. and pay for my assistant, so oh. I was like, "Oh my God, this sounds so good. Well, you and I both know anything that sounds too good to be true, guess what?" <coughs> It is. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) So I went to work there. I've always had a a large clientele and following, and I went to work in the salon. And sure enough, the salon that I was at, um, they sent a fax back in the day. They sent a fax over and thanked everyone for their time in that company, but they were closing the next day. So I'm glad that I did jump ship when I did. And um, so I went to work. 55% 55% commission, those first two paychecks were amazing. And then the owner of that salon, I think was maybe a little bit of a rookie and people get so caught up in percentages in this industry without really knowing the business, the outgoing, the fixed, the variable income costs. And um, so <laughs> it wasn't long behind that, that salon closed also. So um, it ended up where we were kind of forced into a situation where we opened our salon.
0: Okay. Cool. And so so you ended up leaving the salon you're at, opening up a different salon, not necessarily take over. So, how did that salon end up doing with that, that rookie? Yeah, how long did that take? Um, after, after I left there, there were
1: some problems in management, some pretty significant problems in management. You had four, four adults trying to live off of a salon. Uh, and I know as a salon owner, that's not possible um, unless you have like 55 salons and you're paying no money at all to your employees. So they lasted probably four months, maybe six after I left and they also closed. Um, and it was a great learning lesson. The re- the reality was I actually got fired, um, from the salon, which was a blessing. And the, uh, the owner or the owner's father that was running the front of the salon, um, heard that somebody was leaving in the salon and they They pinned the tail on the donkey and thought that it was me. It wasn't. (laughs) I'm a super loyal employee. You basically would have to run over me with your car (laughs) to get me just to jump. Um, And so I was gonna be there for the long haul, just like I would have been the other place had I not heard they were closing. And um, long and short of that, I went to work at a place very temporarily and it was the nicest guy. He'd been in the business for a million years, I think. And he says, you know what, come work in my salon. I'm going to be upfront with you and let you know that I'm selling this salon also. And I said, you know what, it seems to be an omen wherever I go. <laughs> <laughs> and he offered to sell me that salon. And he was so nice. I was like, I don't want a salon. And then he kept talking me into it. And so long and short, um, when it came time for me and my husband to open a salon, he helped us. And He was so instrumental in that in giving us the information, you know, the real numbers, the real numbers, because a lot of hairdressers, you know, they're artists. That's what we do. And we don't activate the other side of our brain. So there are numbers there and it is a real business. And so that really set us up for who we are today. So, you know, if you're watching, listening, whatever, however you're consuming this content, I'll say to you that every single thing that you're going through in your life, in your journey, is getting you to where you need to be. Just keep your eyes, ears, and heart open. To understand, there's always something amazing just in front of you. That's good.
0: That's good. Yeah, I was um, I was thinking like you go, you had so many steps during your journey just to get to the point where you wanted to go. You know, and um, I think it's a it's a good point to also stress that um, you know, you're for those listeners that you're talking to uh, about like you know just Everything is happening, you know, it's building up, it's, it's turning into something. I also think of like a lot of uh, like young stylists, especially, and even stylists that are thinking about making a change in their career, maybe moving into a suite or maybe switching salons because for whatever reason, uh, you know, I think it's good to know that people jump around and like they, they have a journey. And um, so don't be scared to kind of kind of keep moving moving forward and it's okay to have a little bit of turnover just as long as it's not long term i guess right because yeah you don't want to have a reputation of always
1: just leaving salon to salon to salon to salon I always say this, you know, when I left, I was actually embarrassed. And then when I have customers sit in my chair today that have been with me this entire journey, they're like, yeah, I follow Daniel everywhere. I want to cringe. It sounds like I'm son, uh, like an unstable. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm not. It was just all totally circumstantial. But, um, you know, I always say to people, If you can, if you can be where you are, make the best of where you are, because there is no perfect scenario and all the people like, I want to be my own salon owner. That's great. If that's your dream, do it. But I'm going to tell you what sunshine, (laughs) whoo, it is, it is a lot of work when you own a salon, especially if you do it the right way and you're actually putting other people first and really assuming responsibility for other people's lives. Mm, that's
0: good yeah business owner you have a lot of on your plate you you got a lot relying on you for their uh, bills and their families to feed their you know feed their families
1: yeah when the color order doesn't come on time the everything points to you i'm like i don't work with that company i don't work for (laughs) UPS. (laughs) i placed a huge order i you know there's so many things that are out of your control but you have to keep everybody happy in addition to doing your guest so it, it's definitely a lot of stress but it's worth it
0: yeah that's good so um how uh how big is your salon how many what like do you do skin any skin or nails no nails um no
1: massage we do anything i say anything that makes you more beautiful is what we do so not that nails don't if you're a nail person listening um but <laughs> we do skin and and hair and right now, we just hired, I think, five or six. I don't know, to be honest, but we'll, we'll be safe and say five uh, new people on our team. So we are currently at 66 people inside of our one location right now. Oh, wow. Wow. How big is the location? 6,000 square feet. Oh, yeah. And that's a pretty big operation. We need more space.
0: <laughs> yeah. Good for you. So you think you would expand into a bigger space or would you uh, open
1: up a second location? You know, we need to open a second location. I don't want to open a second location. I feel like we have such a beautiful culture inside of our salon. And I love being there with the people that I get to work with every single day. So I can't imagine dividing myself into two places. Like, I want to celebrate every haircut or color that goes out of the salon. Uh, the team are so talented. So to not be able to see both locations, I probably would have a, an issue with that. I just, for me, uh, most of the team call me their cheerleader <laughs> all the time because I'm constantly going around talking about how beautiful their work is, you know, or whatever that might be because I'm so freaking proud of them. So
0: nice.
1: one one big location right now and we're, we're doing a lot of flex schedule inside of our salon. So our team do have flexibility over their hours. We're a very unusual commission salon. I think, and without offending anybody in any market, I think there is a market for every person. But our salon is so unique and different. It works. We are definitely a commissioned salon. Let me just put that out there. Um, But we work as a rental salon. So there is that flexibility of hours and scheduling. So somebody says, hey, I can can work Fridays and Saturdays. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Um, It's just not an issue for me. And we luckily have a a demand, and we always have people wanting to work inside of our culture so it's just not an issue um so that's kind of fun too
0: so uh so i um you said that uh you're very uh, different and unique and so um so no most so for any stylist not uh not familiar with uh you know if you're like a new younger stylist newer stylist or um you're you know, I don't know. You're thinking about getting in the industry, or you're thinking about opening a salon. I'm actually helping someone who's thinking about opening a salon, and she's like, well, "What type of business models are there?" Blah blah. Um, so, huh? <laughs> so many. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, the basic is a commission salon. Basically, the hairdresser shows up, uh, does their work, they get a cut, and they leave. That's it. Like, they just do hair and leave, right? Would you say that? Yeah, and then the rental. Go
1: ahead. Oh, that's that's the traditional commission salon. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then the uh, and then the rental salon, uh, rental like chair. You just pay a rent and you bring in all your own supplies. You do your work and um, you're your own business. And then the suite basically is the you know the small mini salon uh, where you control everything. You're completely siloed off. So how how was yours uh, different? I'm very curious to hear about different business models. So
1: we, we are proud to be a commission salon. I know commission salons get a bad rap because there are so many bad commission salons out there, um, you know, and, and I get it. It, it, but I don't, if you are listening and you're in the rental mentality like, I'm only rental, I don't look at people as like, I'm only commission. That's just how I operate my salon. Um, there's a model for every single person out there. And as long as you're happy and successful, that's the model that works for you and so uh, inside of our salon one of the things we're most proud of is we pay up to 50% commission so that makes me happy in itself and there's no hidden fees back bar service charges any of that stuff we did not want to do that we had that done to us and I was always like how do I know? <laughs> you know what? This just seems a little weird. And, and again, no offense to anybody that's a commission salon owner. You do you. I'm over here doing me. So, um, but we wanted to be bigger than that. We wanted to provide, you know, let's be real, Robert. Hairdressers don't retire. Yeah. Let's get back to the fundamentals. So I hear people saying, well, I'm my own boss and I make all of my own money, but you still don't retire. Yeah, <laughs> so you can say that but you still don't retire and so in commission salons just the same they don't retire so I was like I'm going to put a, um, a retirement plan in place immediately for my team so we have 401k with a 4% match and I'm so proud right now we actually have our advisor coming in this Friday for our team celebration meeting and we have contributed 2 million dollars in 9 years to our team nice. that feels good Um, You know, salons don't. Most companies don't even do that anymore. So we do that. We also have health benefits for our team. Uh, Years ago, we had a stylist. Her daughter was diagnosed with cancer just at four months old. And she was worried because she didn't have health insurance. And I was like, you know what? I saw the stress on her face. I was like, that's never going to happen again in my company. So we have health care. We also do one hundred thousand dollars a year in education which is super cool. Uh, we're gonna exceed that in 22 <laughs> just because that we haven't been able to travel for so long. So right this minute, sure. uh, we have six people signed up to go to London, God willing, okay. and the borders stay open yeah. uh, in June. So those were that was $10,000 per person. So we gave out $60,000 worth of uh, trip bonus just like that in our company. Oh. Um, we do other bonuses. We pay very high retail commission, uh, up to 20% retail commission. We just want to make sure that our team are actually successful. And that's our biggest, our biggest thing. Our number one customer in our salon is our team. Nice. The number two customer is our guest. So we believe in really making sure our team have everything that they need to be the success that they want to be. And, And they are in control of their own business. You know, if you want to work 40 hours a week, nobody does. But if you want to, you can, if you want to work 15 hours a week, you can. You're in control of yourself inside that building. That's amazing. That's so
0: cool. And uh so all right. So um, so like a lot you have a lot of benefits. You help take care of help people think about the future, help people plan for you know uh, scary stuff um and, and regular stuff too. And uh you help them with education. And uh, it sounds like they kind of pick their hours and make their decisions um, about that. And um, and is it is there any sort of like um, minimum expectation or is it all just kind of based on intake and like how they want what
1: they want? You do you, you know, as long as you're not disrupting the culture, which we hire, our culture is very strong anybody that's ever come into our salon they all say the same thing they're like it feels so good here and it does we strive for happy every day and jody and i are our, our biggest thing is that we're servant leaders so we constantly serve the team that's something we are so proud to do um so i think when you when you serve your people when you serve your customers you really can't lose are, are you going to bat 100 every day no that's not reality because we're human But just letting them know that you're there for them. You know, back in the day when we first opened, we definitely had a different mindset. We've evolved. Everything around us is changing. You and I talked about this previously. If you don't change with your company, if you don't change the company, if you don't change your culture, not saying change your mission statement or your core values, but if you don't change with the times, guess what? I think of Netflix versus Blockbuster Video. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Totally so many salons reach out to me for coaching and they're like i don't know what to do i can't keep anybody i can't anybody can't get anybody to come to work in my company i'm like i wouldn't come to work in your company and in fact let's be real you wouldn't come to work in your own company right now (laughs) if you were trying to attract yourself so now let's get back to square one remove ego and start Mm -hmm. planning out how you can attract the right people what do they want
0: what do they need yeah that's good that's good well there's a there's a there's quite a bit to unpack there and um and, uh, I definitely want to dive into, uh, expectations of, uh, of, 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 operators and, um, and how you're adjusting to the times, you know, we have this great resignation upon us and, um, it's being, you know, I'm definitely seeing it we talked about, it. you're seeing it too. Um, but I think that, I think that we can, um, I think this is a good place to wrap it up. And, um, but before I do, uh, I just want to like do a couple things. One, I want to just do a little like synopsis here. Like, if you're a young stylist and you're listening to this, uh, you definitely have you, you definitely have been uh, gotten some like real life experience uh, and uh, and stories about you know, what it takes to get to your, you know, where you want to be and, uh, just keep on pushing through and don't be afraid that to take multiple steps. You don't got to get it all perfect off the break. Uh, as a matter of fact, you won't. So just be prepared. Um, and then also salon owners and any business owner, really, you know, making sure you adjust to the times and, uh, listening to stories like yours, um, is nice to hear because like I, I manage a salon and, um, and I also work with other salon owners and they, uh, they want to know things like this, like what are other salon owners doing? So it was really awesome to get that. So before we wrap it up, uh, I like to end with a laugh and okay. ask my guests, um, one, uh, their most embarrassing moment behind the chair or with a client, or even if it's like, as it pertains to the business, it could be teaching, uh, whatever. Oh man,
1: you're talking to a complete klutz here. So, um, <laughs> I can think of two different ones. Uh, let's, go for, uh, let's go for the salon. I'll go ahead and make myself look completely ridiculous right now. Um, okay. So there was a time that I went through this this phase of precision haircutting. Like I wanted everything to be so the classic lines and, and very Sassoon. And <laughs> so I had this cutting stool. And I was so proud of this cutting stool because it was really nice. And it honestly felt so good to cut on that versus standing up all day long. And I'm just cutting and cutting and and I realized that my my guest, her eyes kept like going in a different direction. I was like, "What is she looking at?" So I am the old school hairdresser. I still wear black all the time because it makes the customer pop. And well, it is supposed to be slimming. I don't know about that these days, but <laughs> either way, <laughs> either way. And I'm cutting and I'm cutting. And I, I went to scoot the the cutting stool over just a little bit and turn her chair. When I did, I looked. We had these long floor length mirrors, and I looked and realized where she had been focused the entire time. So my pants had actually split in the middle. Oh no! And <laughs> it happened to be the day that I was wearing the whitest of white. Uh, underwear. (laughs) So So, that was my last haircut sitting down on a cutting stool. And I have been standing ever since.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. That's a good one. Thank you. Um, Okay, cool. Well, thank you for sharing your story. And um, I look forward to the next conversation we're going to have. And until then, um, yeah, thanks so much. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. All right. Bye bye.